0: Our good friend, Pastor Ian Williams, to come and open the word of God. Amen. Come on.
1: Wow. All I I can say is that the drummer this week is better than the drummer last time I came. Jim's not here this morning, is he? So I'm allowed to say that. Well done. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, thank you for such a a warm welcome this morning. Worship teams, thank you for leading us this morning. Amazing. Well done. And I am surprised, very surprised, that we have been in church now for one and a half hours and nobody has mentioned South Africa winning the World Cup uh, all right we we have some very enthusiastic South Africans in the house this morning and uh, I was even pestered by some of your congregation last night sending me text messages throughout the evening telling me what the score was, how things were going, and even on the, 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 the night before when, um, who played the night before, it was England against Argentina, uh, a certain individual chose to watch a movie instead of watching that rugby match, and then he wanted me to keep him updated with the score of how things were going and i'm not going to disclose the name of that individual because we be very unfair on david's squib this morning so i am not going i'm not going to do that am not going to do that at, at all but for those of you who have no idea who i am my name is ian and i have the privilege of calling this local church my friend and i have the privilege of calling every individual who who gathers in this house and calls this house their home, I have the privilege of calling you family this morning. And uh, I I say that with with true sincerity, and uh, I'm not lying now. I'm telling the truth. I'm on the platform. (laughs) Uh, 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 I'm not exaggerating. That is is fact this morning. Who's enjoyed the series of the last five or six weeks? Can anybody tell me what the series has been about? Well, that wasn't very enthusiastic. (laughs) All right, can anybody tell me what the the theme of this house for the last four, five, six weeks has has been? Mission. Brilliant. Can Can I say that mission is not just Pastor Steve and Becky's thoughts of a theme, wouldn't it be great to do this theme for about a month? That's not just their thoughts. Mission is the heart of our God. A mission is the heart of what the church, the local church, should, should really be. And over the next few moments, I'm going to, in a sense, bring a sense of conclusion, or not conclusion, because we don't conclude this series, we, we need to live it out. Yes. Uh, and we need to build upon it, and we need to really extend what has been shared from this platform, from a number of different people, not just from this nation, but from different nations as well, or people that have traveled to, to different nations. But before we do that, can I just share something which I felt the Spirit of God say to me this morning? Is that okay? You, you won't take it off my time, will you? All right? You're, you're still allowing me to have the same amount of time, which is two hours, 35 minutes, you know. I, I, I don't want time to be taken away from me just because I'm going to share something prophetically this morning. But Sonia, Sonia, you are amazing this morning. You really were, and I, I want to encourage you, because as you, you stood here, this, this, was the, this was the hot spot, all right, and there was a, a real sense of, of God's anointing upon your life when you began to sing out, but I just sensed that there was some hesitation, that there was a, a measure of nervousness, thinking to yourself, can I do it? And even thinking to yourself, am I allowed to do it? And I don't know much about you, but I just want to, to encourage you, because as you began to sing out, there was a, a wonderful descendants of God the Holy Spirit into this room. It, there was an increase of his anointing in this room, and, and you began to unlock things there. You, you really did. And I want to encourage you, because as you began to sing and you you began to speak out over us. I, I really sensed, God say this, that you have the voice of a nightingale. The voice of a nightingale. And, and I'm not very clever, I don't really understand kind of a lot of things really. So I, I, I kind of just went to my phone and I just t- tapped in to my, my, my phone, the word nightingale. And what came back to me through the The engine, the search engine of my my phone was this. The nightingale has the gift of singing in the dark. And has the gift of singing during the night. And brings hope to those that are listening in the proximity of that voice, that singing voice. And I just want to speak over your life this morning that you are going to increase in confidence... And as you increase in confidence, your voice will become louder. And there's a difference between having arrogance and having confidence. Because there is no arrogance about you at all. There is no self-promotion about you at all. But what, what is happening here is God is positioning you so you will sing as the nightingale would sing into the darkness and into the night times of people's lives. And as you sing into their lives, you will, you will deliver hope to them. Indicating that the dawn is coming. Indicating that a new day is coming. And before you can sing that over the lives of others, you need to sing it into your own life. That the period of the night is over, and the dawn is about to come, and the, the, the sun is about to rise on a new day, on a new season... Because God has not abandoned you or forgotten you. God has positioned you. God has been fashioning you. God has been forming you. And God has been giving you a voice to sing into the darkness and to bring hope and to bring light. Okay? Does that that make sense? Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad. That, that is the case. Maybe this morning in the context of this room at quarter to 12 on this lovely Sunday morning, you're asking yourself the question, well, Pastor Steve, well, Becky, over the course of the last few weeks, we've talked about mission, but what next? What next? And that's a great question to ask. It really is. It's a great question because it's not a question of doubt, but it's a question which begins to start stir something in our hearts because over the course of the last few weeks, maybe in this place, those standing behind this perspex rostrum, they've talked about the mechanics of mission. They've talked about how you can do something, where we should do something, but this morning I've not come to present mechanics, I've come to present essence, the essence of what mission is about, and to, in a, in a endeavouring to, to ground the teaching of the last few weeks, the teaching has been good, how do I know the teaching has been good, because I've tuned in, my Sunday afternoons are often sat in my front room, when I'm having those kind of that quiet time, between sleep and awake, but just listening in to the ...to the testimonies and to the stories of what God has been doing in this house. And in this room this morning and over the course of the last few weeks... ...as you've listened to great messages... ...for some of us or some of you, it will make no difference. It will make no change at all. Because you just go for the motions of coming to church. You sing the songs, you listen to what's being said... And you say, that was good, but it makes no difference to you by the time you've left the building. In fact, by the time you've left the building, for some, you've forgotten what's been said. And you begin to just live life, waiting out our earthly existence, living as Christianly as possible. For others in this room, there are those that will allow what's been said and spoken to initiate some change. And you will embark on some type of mission, but with a disconnect from what God wants you to do and what you're actually doing. And that simply means that sometimes we end up doing our own thing. Some have no change. Some will have some change, but the wrong type of change. But I I trust this morning that I'm speaking to a congregation of people ...who have significant change in their lives and they've heard what's been said, they've been stirred by what's been said... ...they've been encouraged, they've been challenged and they make a decision to accept the invitation of God's mission. Not their own mission but God's mission. To help us this morning I want you to open your Bibles and look at the screen to Matthew chapter 28 verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, that includes the South Africans who won the World Cup yesterday, (laughs) baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples, that includes the South Africans... ...who won the World Cup yesterday, to obey all the commands I have given you... ...and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you're looking for a title this morning of this amazing preach... are about to receive and hear, it's Missional Living in the Ocean City. Missional Living refers to a lifestyle which individuals and communities intentionally align their actions, their values, and their interactions with the goal to engage others in the gospel message. Missional living is a lifestyle encouraged by Jesus himself. As Jesus walked along the shores of the sea, he would stop, and then he would look at individuals, and he would say this. Come and follow me. And as you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Leaving their nets to catch fish. And picking up the gospel message to catch men, women, boys and girls. What I love about what we just read there in Matthew chapter 28. It's called the great Commission. Yet many in our church circles don't take it as the great commission. They think it's the great suggestion. And what's happened is the great suggestion then becomes the great omission. Not commission, but omission, where they choose not to follow through on the obedient steps of teaching and living the gospel. But they choose to omit it from their lives what we've just read is the great commission a dress designer is commissioned to design and make a wedding dress an artist is commissioned to paint a portrait a songwriter is commissioned to compose the song An army officer is commissioned to lead in the army, and the church is commissioned to go, to go and to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to baptize them, and to make a a difference. This morning in this house, if we are going to be intentional about living out this gospel message, we need to have some Heart work done. The very first thing is simply this. We need to have a heart for the lost. Did you hear that, church? We need to have a heart for the lost. I'm very grateful that a guy called David Benny in a small church in Cornwall on a Sunday afternoon had the heart for the lost as he shared the story of the gospel in a Sunday school class, a beautiful toddler, infant child with glowing blonde hair and the physique of a superhero (laughs) responded to an individual who had a heart for the lost. And that lost individual gave his life to Jesus at the age of five and 50 plus years later is still passionately loving God with everything he has. And transferred from that individual who had a heart from the lost. Now that heart for the lost now lives and resides inside of me. Never lose the passion and the desire for those who are lost. Once you were lost. But now we have been Found. Part of the ingredients of a church that lives out the gospel is this a willingness to share one's faith, a desire to set an example by the way he or she lives, and seeking opportunity to serve the local church, the local community, and to serve people. That's the mission and the purpose behind the gospel, not the mechanics of the gospel but the essence of the gospel this morning. Years ago, we used to send missionaries to distant lands. We still do. Guess what? I'm so grateful that those distant lands are now sending missionaries to our country. Working together, making a difference, seeing God outwork his strategy and his, his plan. Missionaries... Ambassadors, sent ones, disciples, all choosing to live their lives through demonstration and proclamation of the gospel. The gospel impacted my life at the age of five and still impacts my life at the age of 57. Steve, you meant to say you're looking good at 57. You said it to your missus. Why didn't you say it to me? So, demonstration and proclamation. On Monday, we had our fifth grandchild born into our family. Beautiful, stunning, amazing little girl called Ivy Pearl. I nearly forgot then. And in two weeks' time, we'll have our sixth grandchild being born into our family our eldest grandson Boaz he'll often come and he'll sit on my knee and he'll talk to me about his activities and his school program and he'll say grandpa on Friday we had show and tell and I'll say to him Boaz what do you mean by show and tell he says we're all allowed to take one thing in to show and to tell people about it wow as he just brought that sense of revelation to me as a grandpa, I realized this, that the church needs to demonstrate and proclamate the gospel. What does that translate into everyday language? It's we show and we tell. Going to bring a number of simple steps this morning to help us become better ambassadors, and better fishers of men, if you permit me to. The first step is simply this. We need to understand the gospel. The slide should come up. We need to understand the gospel. As I've led local church for 30-plus years, as I've sat and engaged in conversation with individuals, what has shocked me, surprised me, challenged me, many occasions is simply this people have received the gospel but they don't fully understand the gospel it's almost been like a life boy sent to them to stop them from drowning and they've embraced the gospel but they don't fully understand the gospel if we're going to mission our community if we're going to see the ocean city of the united kingdom one for christ we need to understand the gospel to have a clear understanding of the core message of christianity that there needs to be a gospel identity does that make sense a gospel identity the word gospel simply means this good news and we're living in a day and age where there doesn't appear to be much good news There's a lot of fake news and disturbing news, but there needs to be a church, individuals that rise up having a gospel identity and begin to show, talk, demonstrate, show and tell the good news. The good news talks about a God design. It recognises our brokenness and our sin but doesn't leave us in the state of brokenness and sin, but introduces the solution. And the solution was Jesus Christ himself, who was sent from heaven, lived on planet earth for 30 plus years, lived an obedient life, gave his life upon the cross for every individual on our planet, passed present and future and gave his life his life wasn't taken from him his life was given by him they put him into a tomb but three days later the good news is simply this not fake news Not disturbing news, but the good news is simply this. He rose again. Our response from his resurrection is we believe on him. We repent of our wrongdoing. We confess his name. We're baptized and we remain faithful. And we we are determined to be witnesses on earth. Get an understanding of the gospel this morning. You see, when we get to heaven... We'll be able to do lots of things, John. We'll be able to sing praises. We'll be able to sing all of the latest songs that have been composed and written. We'll be able to sit and listen to some great teaching. We won't have to pray for the sick because there's no sickness. We won't have to pray for those that are going through difficult times. Why? Because there's no difficult times. But there's one thing that we cannot do when we get to heaven. It's called evangelism. Because there's nobody to evangelize in heaven. Everybody's made a decision, and that decision has taken them there. So come on, let's evangelize while we can do it down down here. The second thing, the essence of of mission is is simply this. We are encouraged to build relationships. Building relationships are so key, so important. And Jesus did this. When we build relationships, we are developing meaningful relationships with people that we want to share the gospel with. And building wholesome, good relationships requires trust and rapport. And trust and rapport are essential for effective communication. Jesus was the friend to everyone. He was not just a friend to everyone. He was even described as the friend of sinners. Jesus spent time with people. He grew to know them. And not just to know them, he grew to understand them. He walked alongside them through good times and bad times. He shared meals with them. And people enjoyed his company. Well, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, do people enjoy being with moi, with me? Now, don't answer that question. I was just thinking aloud when I asked that question, all right? So don't answer it. But Jesus modelled friendship, one of the effective ways of communicating the gospel is to become the friends of those that need the gospel. Not to shun them, not not to live at a distance from them, but to build relationship. You see, as we build relationship, a model relationship that Jesus showed in the gospels, what we're doing is we're beginning to build bridges. Bridges from the lost and the one who's seeking them. Another way that you and I can live out the mission is simply this, we need to listen first, listen first, but I I, I need to make a confession in this house this morning, over the course of years I've always been the one who wanted to talk first, I've got something to say, I've got something to share, you need to listen to what I have to say, because what I have to say is more important than what you have to say, that's a load of rubbish, we need to listen first, to understand the other person's perspective, to answer their questions and be enlightened to their concerns. I, I, I've discovered this over the course of the, the last few years working for the, the, the National Health. Listening can help me tailor my message to meet their need. The number of times I've been involved in what we call active listening when you are actively listening you are engaging with the person while they're talking to you you're not just in the presence of that person but you're listening to them you're attentive to what they're saying you're you're reading even some of the things that they're not saying can i uh, encourage us in this room that we listen, listen to the cries of a broken world and then begin to tailor our message to meet the broken world, listen to the cry of the single mum or the single dad, the the, the so-called dysfunctional world that we we live in and as we we listen, as we're attentive to what is being said, we then begin to say, I recognise your situation and your circumstance and I know a solution. I've learned this, Steve, over the course of making many mistakes. I've got to choose the right moment. How many of you in this room are impatient? That's the best response I've had all year. (laughs) Unbelievable response. Hands, Hands flying up all over the place. Some people even put both hands up. But we need to choose the right moments looking for opportunity when the individual is ready to discuss faith being sensitive to their readiness what one of the little terms that's going around in my mind at the moment is timing terminology and tone i think it will make a great preaching series and maybe Just maybe, I might get invited back to preach that. (laughs) little subject. But we need to recognize timing, the terminology that we use, and the tone of our conversation. Some people are put off, not because they're put off by the truth, but they're put off by the tone of how things are said. When is the right time to pick an apple from a tree? When's the right time to pick an apple from the tree? The right time is when you go to the tree, not scrumping it, not climbing over the wall and scrumping the apple, but the right time is when you go and you cup the apple in your hand and you slightly twist, gently twist. If the apple is ready to be picked, it will easily come off in your hand. Because the fruit is ready. If I'm honest, I've not done that when I've gone looking for people to get saved. I've gone on and said, you've got to get saved. And I've tried to pull them from the tree. And I've tried to strain and to pull and to shake the tree saying, now's your time. But I've learned this. That what I have to do is come alongside somebody and just put my hand into their hand and gently twist. And if they're ready, if the timing's right, they'll fall into the hand and make all the difference. Does that make sense this morning? Another thing that we c- can do, uh, and I'm running out of time, I'm going to be about seven minutes and then I'm going to finish, all right? Because I've got another reams and reams and reams of stuff here. We need to share. Bible verses that illustrate key points to the gospel. Once again, I've made mistakes over this. I've, I've tried to put so much of Scripture to people that what I've actually done is I've choked them. And they've begun to gag on me forcing Scripture into them. I've tried to give them deep, deep, deep theology ...so deep that I didn't even understand it myself. But if I could give them deep, deep, deep theology... ...it made me look good. But I've learned this... ...that actually the way we can win our community... ...is to give them bite-sized bits of truth. And instead of them gagging... ...on what they don't understand... ...we create an appetite for more. And as we share... We're not making it complicated, but we're giving hope. Hope to hopeless situations and hopeless times. The sixth uh, thing is this is this is helping anybody this morning, this afternoon, today. <laughs> is that we, we need to learn the art of telling our story. In the setting that Steve and I operate during the course of the week, we, we have what we call lived experiences. And some of the greatest experiences that I've had over the course of the last few months is sitting and listening to what is described as lived experiences. They're sharing their their story. They're sharing their their journey. And every one of us in this room has a story to be told and to be shared of how God has impacted our lives. Saved, rescued, healed, used. Amazing Stories, but once again, what I, I've, I've learned is to, to divide my stories into episodes. Not, not thinking that the person has to binge watch my story and, and listen to everything, and they have to watch every season and every episode, otherwise, it's not worth it. Learn to divide your story up into episodes and seasons. And leave them at a point wanting to watch more and not changing the channel. In the sharing of my story, I I try to share the reality of my story because people argue with my theology, but they can't argue my story. They couldn't argue with the man who got healed from blindness. He didn't have a verse in a scripture. But he definitely had something which says, guys, I was once blind, but now I can see. Wow! Can you begin to imagine a community of Christ followers called Restore Church who, who begin to share their, their, their story? The, the seventh one is be respectful. Respect the belief and the choices of others, even if they differ from your own. Avoid being judgmental, condemning, confrontational. Arguments don't win people. Arguments alienate people. I was listening to a a great communicator from the United States. And the communicator said this. I find it easy to teach my people to pray. And the whole church went, yes. I I find it easy to teach my people to give. And the whole church, not so loud this time, went, yes. (laughs) And then they said this. But I find it very difficult to teach my people to be kind. A hush filled the room. Can I encourage us this morning that as we're encouraged to live out this gospel message that we are respectful and we are kind and we're courteous the eighth one is to pray for pray for guidance wisdom ask god the holy spirit to to work on the hearts of of those that you're sharing with but can i encourage you not just to pray that god will work on their heart that god will work on your heart So, so you and i keep in step with god the holy spirit the ninth thing is simply this we need to learn to answer questions Be be prepared that questions will will come that address their doubts and their uncertainties. And and once when I was young and immature, I'm just older now and immature. But when I was younger and immature, I, I thought I had to have all the answers. But I've come to understand this, I don't have all the answers. And I've learned not to bluff my way through conversations, but to be honest. Because honesty is the best policy. The tenth thing is this, that we need to invite people into our world. And as we invite them into our world, we then get opportunity to to share the truth and revelation. And we get to share our, our story. Some of the greatest evangelism tools are dinner parties. Followed very closely by coffee and cake. I, I think I need to have more coffee and less cake. I, I've discovered this, that over the course of the, the last 10 years, I've been playing golf with, with three other gentlemen who have not really shown any interest in, in church or, or things that, that they know that I'm a minister, that I'm called the bishop, or I'm called the rev. And wh- whoever plays golf against me, That they're told by the starter, don't you dare swear this morning because the rev's playing with you. But I've learned this, that I now take some of my friends who are also lovers of Christ. And there's a mingling. And we're we're doing life together. Why don't you invite them to come to, to this house? to get involved in an activity. You, you see the coffee morning, and the prayer morning, and the alphas and the cinemas and all of the stuff that you're doing, the glow parties, that they're not just there for our entertainment, although we enjoy it. And boy, if any of you are here on Tuesday nights and you could very kindly take a picture of Pastor Steve in some kind of costume for me, I'd be very, very grateful. Because information and downloaded pictures like that come in very handy when you want something and you need something invite people into your world show some vulnerability show some transparency remember you're not perfect, you're just forgiven and Jesus got himself invited to people's homes to weddings he transformed weddings he turned water into wine at a wedding he can come to any wedding that I'm involved in He ruined funerals. (laughs) I can hear it. Pennies dropping. He ruined funerals. He brought people back to life. He walked into cemeteries, got stones moved out of the way and said, Hey, Lazarus, come on out. So don't just invite people into your world. Be master at getting invited into other people's worlds be invited into the home of somebody else, into the world of somebody else. And my length warm up, but this is just my starters, is that we need to follow up. The problem with church, and the problem with this Christian, is that sometimes if I didn't get the result I was expecting, I would walk away, and I abandoned the individual. And instead of the individual being attracted to church, they were repelled from church. Why? Because of my action. Because I didn't get the response I thought we needed or should have got. So I wasn't gonna waste my time anymore. But but guys, there needs to be follow-up. And what I've learned now is simply this, that when I make contact with individuals, if they make a decision for Jesus, I'm so excited, so thrilled. But if they don't, I've made a friend that I will do life with over the course of the next few years, God willing. I'm gonna scroll down and go right to my very last point. <laughs> Jesus changed his world by simply walking through it slowly. He walked through the world slowly very little was written about his form of transport apart from he walked everywhere. On occasions, he, he did acquire a donkey. And on another occasion, he, he did borrow a boat, sail across the sea. He walked everywhere at three miles an hour, 10,000 steps a day. He even walked on water just to prove a point and to help me with my sermon. He walked through his world slowly. And maybe, maybe the way you and I are going to win this Ocean City for Christ, maybe the way we're going to see our friends and our family won for Christ is we walk slowly three miles an hour walk alongside them do life with them maybe maybe mission this is a good sign I'm gonna go and get my seat and I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna shut up maybe 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 Steve The way that you and I lead local church, disciple people, mission people, help evangelize, is by getting up in the morning and taking one step. And then taking another step. And then taking another step. And looking at the watch, have I done my 10,000 steps yet? But I think the way we can win this city is at three miles an hour walking in the world walking through the world and making a difference
0: amen what a wonderful word you need to understand that you've just heard a man who has walked and lived mission he's made mistakes he's learned from mistakes but what he's just shared with you is wisdom what he's just shared with you is gold and I'm just I just, I just felt the spirit of God just add one more one more thing if that's alright to, to, to your list and I just felt for some people here mission is also about being slow to take offence and quick to forgive. Okay, number 12, slow to take offense, quick to forgive. Too often we carry pain and we carry offense and God wants to teach us to forgive. Because when people see forgiveness at its best, they understand God's forgiveness come on church this morning can I pray for you as we close is that okay come on if you you want this to be your everyday why don't you stretch out your hand? come on Lord today as we leave this place as we finish this series this is not an end point but it's a beginning point It's a beginning point for us to do mission as you have intended us to do mission, Lord. And I pray, mighty God, Holy Spirit, pour out your spirit over people's lives today. Empower them to know that you are, you fill them afresh with everything that they need. And I pray, mighty God, that as they take steps, they will do mission every day. And they'll do it at three miles an hour, one step at a time. And for your glory and for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Please stay for coffee. Don't forget, if you took a bag of coffee last week, encourage Jabbo and Lillian. If you've had a coffee with somebody and shared the goodness of God as they encourage you to when they gave you a bag of coffee, why don't you share that testimony with them and encourage that blessing of how, how, how you've shared the goodness of God. Please stay for coffee as well and tea and fellowship. Don't forget the things that are going off this week. God bless you. Amen.